Welcome to Dancing on Water, a podcast bringing you stories of faith and how they interact with church and missions. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Dancing on Water. My name is Josh Rice, and this is a podcast sponsored by Heart for Mexico. Uh, We are a ministry in Mexico with four main heartbeats. Uh, We are planting churches. We are caring for orphans in our Nana's House Orphanage. We have a a Bible school uh, called Heart for Mexico School of Missions, and we work with short-term mission groups from around uh, the U.S. and uh, the world, actually. And uh, today, we have an interview with Pastor Tony Simon. We are all living in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis, and it's affecting how we do ministry um, and uh, how we are, are operating in each one of our four main areas of ministry. And uh, today we had a chance to talk with Pastor Tony about uh, how it's affecting him. Tony is on our board of directors here at Heart for Mexico and uh, for many years was in charge of church planting here out of our main church in Tepic, Nayarit. Uh, Recently, he and his family uh, made a huge decision to move to Aguas Calientes and plant a new kind of regional hub church and so they moved, and right after they started, the this COVID crisis hit, and uh, in the middle of their church plan, they've had to kind of shift gears and change how they're doing things. And so uh, it was a really cool conversation just to get his perspective as a church planter, uh, planting uh, a church in the middle of this crisis. And so um, uh, it was encouraging, again, to me, uh, his faith in all this, his positivity. And so um, I, I just hope you guys are doing good. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope your ministries are doing good. And I hope that this helps. So enjoy this interview with Pastor Tony Simon. All right. What is up, Tony? Good to have you on, man. Miss you around here. I miss you guys, too. I'm glad to do this. Um, so you guys are in the crazy, unique position of planting a church in the middle of this coronavirus crisis. How is that yeah. going? Uh, <laughs> uh, so far, so good. This wasn't my plan. I mean, no one plans to start a church during a uh, world pandemic. Um, but so far, so good. So you guys had just started having meetings um, when all of this started. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the practical things you guys are doing to have church and keep a new church plant going. But first, uh, I want to talk about something you said to me on the phone the other day. Um, something that you said God has really been speaking to you about. You mentioned the Bible passage about David and the cave and, and how kind of that's been your encouragement in this season. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, that's that's the cave in Adullam. Uh, when I, this kind of goes back a long time ago, but when I moved to Mexico in 1999 uh, to Guadalajara, uh, I didn't speak any Spanish. I lived with a family that didn't speak any English. Uh, to me, it was a whole new place, whole new culture. I was coming down to be a missionary, had no idea what to expect or what was going to happen. Um, and I called that time my cave training time. I, I don't know why, but way back then, I I really liked that passage there. It's a small passage in 1 Samuel 22, and it's only two verses long, but it's basically David goes to this cave. He's kind of hiding out, uh, and all these people come to him. And I kept a journal back then, and I even called it my cave training journal. It kind of sounds corny right now that I'm saying it. 
but I had one. Okay. And it was just, uh, to me, you know, just this time of, uh, relearning, you know, learning something a time of, uh, renewal. Uh, and I found out, you know, the actual name of the cave Adelum means hiding place, uh, or refuge. And to me, it kind of represents this regrouping, this kind of reset button. Most theologians believe that, uh, David's mighty men, those warriors that we read about later on in 2 Samuel, are the same guys that came to him. Because it says about 400 men came to David, and they were, the, the description's kind of funny. It says they were broke, they were in trouble, they were in debt, they were, you know, discontented, and he became their leader. So now, fast forward 20 years later, uh, and here I am. I'm in a new city new church, uh, new people, and I just took off running. I kind of, in the beginning, thought, I w- I'm going to go slow here. And as soon as we got here, I just took off running. So when did you start? When was your first uh, meeting? You, I know, um, just so that people can kind of understand the story, you moved there uh, starting the year out, right? When was it? Yeah, we moved here on January 13th. Uh, and then first Sunday, we, it was January 19th, we met here in our house. Uh, and so, okay, so right away, right away, you had some people come together. Oh, yeah, we had 20 some people show up the first Sunday here to our house. Uh, and right away, it was kind of funny because they were people that were either discouraged from something of another church, which I always don't, I don't like that necessarily, but it happens, uh, you know, and then coronavirus happens a little bit later, and it's just like some of them now are. Well, out so, of jobs. so how many? But before before coronavirus, you had you had. I mean, because you were totally building momentum, right? You had twenty in your house, and then the next week, how many? You had more uh, the next week, right? Oh yeah, we had more the next week. I think we did altogether four services here in our house, uh, and the church kept growing. And so I started looking for a building, and we rented a building in February. Uh, in February sixteenth was our first service so about a month later from when we got here it was our first service in the you know in the new building uh and the church you know was growing i mean we got up to i'd say about 60 some people in one of our services uh and that went on until march 15th uh, was our last service so you were just building momentum everybody's excited you know it's it's like happening, that total crazy adrenaline of starting a church and seeing it grow. And then all of a sudden, uh, you just had to suspend live services. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, this happened and social distancing. Uh, and we, in a sense, we hit the brakes. I mean, now we're going again, but we had to hit the brakes, just like a lot of uh, churches. And I was kind of lost in uh, what to do. And honestly, that's where I just felt, again, 20 years later after moving to Mexico, I really felt the Lord saying, get back in the cave. This is a time of, you know, renewing. This is a time of renewal. And I, I need you back in the cave. Uh, and now I had people, <laughs> in a sense, that were looking yeah. to me <laughs> for leadership and uh, without jobs and in debt and discontented and just like we see in first Samuel. And so, uh, that's kind of how I look, you know, going back to that, look at this time is just like, uh, 
again, God is my refuge. Uh, it's a, my, he's my hiding place right now. And, and instead of looking at it as a negative thing, I've kind of just, all right, I'm in the cave right now. Uh, and we're going to come out of this, you know, stronger than ever. Uh, so, but, but when you, when you transitioned, I mean, I, that's, it's amazing, you know, story and, and how, you know, God is using that passage to minister to you right now. But in the, in that whole process, um, how quickly did you come to that realization? So when, you know, you're, I know, you know, I know how you are and you're building momentum and getting excited and working hard. And then all of a sudden, maybe there's like a week or two of denial, right? I, I know that's how we felt here where it's like, oh, maybe it won't really affect us. And, and then all of a sudden you can't, you know, you can't do what all of your plans had been to do. How quickly were you able to transition into that? Okay, this is, we're going to look at this from a positive light. Like, I mean, was there a negative stretch in there somewhere? Well, there was definitely a, a, a short time of denial, I think, just like you guys as well. It, it was like, well, no, I, this isn't that bad. No, we don't have to do this or we're not that big. I'll just separate the chairs. Um, you know, we'll be fine. We'll have gel, uh, you know, antibacterial gel at the door and we'll just keep everybody separated because, you know, we, I'm thinking, oh, we're, well, we're not that big, but really then it was nobody wanted to come it was kind of getting to the point where people were getting a little scared to come and so yeah there was definitely denial and you know well, what am i going to do now there goes all, all of my plans uh so yeah that was definitely hard but i i'd say within two or three days uh you know there's a guy here from the beginning that's been with us uh you know that his job is you know, filming and uh, editing and doing camera work and stuff. And he has lights. And so he was like, well, let's, let's start filming. Let's start doing this. Um, so I, I, I think having people around me like that encouraged me uh, to get out of, you know, maybe it was a two or three day funk of denial, but to get out of that and be like, all right, yeah, we're just, we got to keep going. So like when you, you know, obviously it was a huge step of faith for you guys to step out and, and decide to plant a church in another city. You guys are in Aguascalientes, which is a big kind of, you know, more metropolitan city, at least than Topeka, where you live for how many years do you live here? Uh, 17, a little over 17 years. So you, you take this huge step of faith and then all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing some, some positivity and it's happening and then this happens. Um, what, what does this do to, to challenge your faith or, or to help you rethink goals in the short term, um, your outlook now for the rest of the year? Like, how did, how did it affect the faith side of what you guys are trying to do? Uh, well, I mean, you know, this isn't, it challenged me in every way, because this isn't the traditional way that you plant a church. I mean, my whole plan went out the window. Even the, the small plan that I did have, went out the window and i've read i mean you guys know it i've read books on church planting i've planted churches uh i've been to church planting conferences <laughs> it, this this is a whole new thing here i mean this the, nobody teaches this in a book there's not a book written on uh planting a church during a pandemic maybe i'll start one uh there's they don't there's not any breakout sessions at conferences about this, you know, uh, what to do during a pandemic. So, you know, this is a whole new thing. And I, I literally, I have nothing but faith right now in God. Uh, I mean, if, 
if we could just go back even a month, uh, a month and a half where we could say, well, I had faith and I had some experience that I could lean on or, you know, oh yeah, I have faith, but I also have, you know, some, I have this small plan that I'm, I'm putting into effect uh, again, a month and a half ago or so right now, I would say, Josh, that all I have is faith. I mean, it's, it's all I have. I have no idea. I mean, everything changes every single couple of days they're you know announcing some some other new thing or they're announcing that you know you can't meet and the quarantine times getting extended and and so even if i started to make a small plan right now uh it 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 would go out the window probably as well so i would say man all i have is faith right now that god has called us here and uh, that this is going to happen, and I'm, I, I love to tell stories, and I eventually will get some great stories out of this if I already don't have some. <laughs> right, and so like the one thing that I, I keep thinking about is, I mean, and like you said, you've planted churches. Um, I mean, that's what you did. You, you know, uh, you and your wife, uh, family, are in charge of church planting, and you've planted churches all throughout our state here, where where I still live here in Nayarit, and. Um, and one of the things we would always talk about is you would always talk about how every time that you plant a church, no matter where it is, no matter what size town it is, there's always a major test near the beginning of the planting, right? And so right. it's it's almost like you know it's going to happen. You know it. You know, you're going to start something new. You know, even you're you're confident God has called you, but there's still going to be something gnarly that happens in the first whatever, however long it is. And so are, are you guys kind of looking at this like, man, this could be the thing. This is the big test. <laughs> I hope it's the big test, man. I hope there's not something worse coming after this. Uh, I mean, this is definitely a curveball. You know, <laughs> anything that we've ever had before is, you know, the Catholic Church rising up against us. We, You know, they've printed stuff in the paper about us or you know, something, some deal falls through on some land that we were waiting for. But yeah, this is, this is bigger. A, a world pandemic is bigger, a bigger test. <laughs> so I hope this is it, man, because uh, yeah, having something else happen after this, you know, like, oh, now you have polio. Oh, crap. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, this is definitely a test in the beginning. And again, if we come out of this, I think we'll be stronger than ever. I know we will be. So like, is there any moment though, where even though you know that, right? And so, I mean, you know that the test happens, you know, yeah, this is obviously a whole nother level of, of test, but what, is there any moment where you doubted that you were called to do this new church plan? No, I, I don't think so. Not at all. Um, honestly, I, I haven't, one, I haven't had time to doubt I don't know if that makes sense, uh, but I, I know that I know uh, that God has called us to do this and that he will do it. It's that, you know, First Thessalonians 5.24, you know, he who has called you is faithful and he will do it. Uh, so as far as doubt, I wouldn't say that I've had doubt, but yes, I've been a little nervous and scared. Um, it's almost like... Uh, I don't know if this is a good example, but like a roller coaster, you know, you're on it. It's freaky. It's scary. I don't have doubt. I know it's, you know, we're eventually going to finish. Uh, I don't have doubts that, you know, I'm not going to make it off the ride 
alive, but it, there's still it's scary moments and nervous moments. So I don't know if I've had doubt in any of this. Uh, I know God's going to do it, and it's it's going to happen. But yes, I have been a little scared, and these thoughts go through my head. Not so much of doubt, but just fear of you know some bad outcome in this. And then I just kind of. I guess, uh, rebuke it or I pray or read a verse or something and just keep going. But I, I feel like I haven't had time to doubt every day is something new. Every day we're kind of doing something new here. So, uh, I don't know if doubt's the word, but yes, I, I have been a little nervous and freaked out during this. And like, how, how have you adapted your plan then? So, I mean, you were doing the weekly services in the new building and I know you're trying to build up. So you're getting people coming and you're, um, you know, just trying to build relationships and, and stuff. So how, how have you guys as a church plant that's still going, I mean, it's still happening. You're still doing church just in a different way. How, how have you adapted the church plant, um, to what is happening around us? Um, that's a great question. I, yeah, I mean the the, the beginning of the ch- you know of a church plant. You're just trying to build relationships, and you're trying to uh, get your name out there and get people to know who you are, uh, and you know get people to know where the church is at and all of that stuff. And so, you know, that obviously changed, but we're still in that process of building relationships with people. Uh, I, one of the good things is, you know, I mentioned before we got up to about 60 some people uh, in one of our last services there before we had to stop meeting. Um, and with that amount of people, it's not out of control. We actually have a church directory of everybody's names and phone numbers. Uh, and I have all the time in the world now, man, to build relationships with them. You know, uh, I'm not doing anything else except that. So. Uh, you know, we're doing online services. Uh, I do two devotions a week. Uh, we do a prayer meeting by Zoom, food bags to people that need them. We do these kids kits, I guess we're calling them. And uh, we, you know, a little kit that we send out to the kids and we actually drop them off at their homes. We wear a mask and, you know, all that stuff, drop it off outside, wave to the kids. Uh, but me and my wife personally call everybody in the church at least once a week, we send messages to them. Um, one of them, he's trying to learn English. So I do a, a Zoom call with him once a week, speaking in English. Uh, we just try to get together somehow by video and just keep building these relationships. We, we did a virtual, it's kind of corny, but it worked. We did a virtual potluck. Uh, you know, everybody here likes Lux and getting together and stuff. So we did one like, hey, you know, make some food, uh, eat it with your family in your home, but post the pictures up and we'll share the pictures. And we made a big collage of everybody eating together and stuff. And so we just try to come up with creative ways to uh, stay in contact with everybody and, you know, keep building those relationships, which I, I am thankful for the size of the church right now. Uh, because we're able to do that. Now, if we were in the few hundreds, I don't know. I don't know if we'd be able to reach out to that many people. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of a way we've adapted, I guess, to doing stuff. So, like, what what would you say is the the number one message on your heart? Like, as you're 
as you're sharing and you said you guys are doing video um as you know most you know most churches have had to transition to that so what is what is like the the number one thing you feel like god is putting on your heart to share with the people in this i mean it's because you're it's funny because it's it's a new church so you're trying to get like the culture out and you're trying to get um basically just the foundation of who you guys are and and how you're going to do church and so that's all been transitioned at least for now and and so what is what is kind of the message or theme that you're that you're pushing uh, or preaching the most to to the new congregation um that's just kind of shifted so the beginning the past few weeks obviously i've been preaching a lot about fear overcoming fear uh, emotions stuff like that just because of everything that we've been dealing with the past two weeks i've kind of shifted and even my sermon for sunday as well kind of deals more with character uh just because i feel like right now it's a great time that i think everybody uh, could deal with some character issues. You're cooped up in a house, man, for <laughs> this yeah. long, and, and your character, true character, starts to come out, you know, and, and uh, character just in your family and different things, and you start to really discover who you are. You say you're a patient person, but your patience is tested during this time, and you say that you're uh, you don't have anger issues until you do homework with your kids for one week, <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I've actually shifted the past couple of weeks to just dealing with character issues, fruit of the spirit, stuff like that. Uh, it's probably, you know, uh, different from what a lot of people are preaching, but just talking with people on the phone and whatnot. Uh, I, I was talking to one guy and he said, man, the hardest person to be with in this house is just myself. <laughs> And so uh, I, I think a lot of people are dealing with that. And so I actually shifted uh, to talk a little bit more about character the past couple of weeks uh, and even in my devotionals and stuff. Uh, because, yeah, you, you are the hardest person probably that you have to deal with in this time. And uh, so, and, you know, even, even to myself, I guess, preaching to myself here. Uh, so... Yeah, first it was fear, overcoming fear, emotions and stuff like that. And I've gone more into the direction of, of character. So how are you, how are you like having fun in this time? I mean, you guys moved to a new city. You don't really know. I mean, I know you know the people in the church plant, but besides that, it's a new place. It's, and now you're locked in your house. So like, what are you guys as a family trying to do to, to keep it light and have a little fun? We are, I don't know, just doing goofy stuff. We did, uh... We've been doing like little sessions of uh, the voice, the the TV show, the voice, and we we pick a song and sing it, and gotta turn around and judge the person. We've been uh, trying to exercise, play games, do stuff here in the house. We do like secret missions, I guess. We kind of make it like a mission in which we go to Dairy Queen. Uh, Dairy Queen, the drive-throughs open. And we kind of set it up like it's a big deal, like we're escaping and we're getting out just to get some ice cream. Uh, and I know that none of that has really happened. We could probably go to Dairy Queen without any problem. But when we make up a story that we're being hunted down and just to get ice cream, it makes it a lot more exciting. Uh, so I don't know, just stuff like that. I, I, I'm getting a little antsy. I'm trying to exercise more, uh, do some stuff like that. But I, I I think uh, yeah I, I try to avoid getting into Netflix too much and just vegging out watching TV 
So we're just trying to come up with fun ideas. And my kid's teaching me uh, tic-tac or tic-tac-tic or something like that. Do that type of stuff. I don't know. You probably know that name better than I do. TikTok, uh, man. It's TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw you even do one. So do not. May or may not be true. Do not may or may not be true. For singing a Whitney Houston song and the voice and putting that up because I think I saw a video of you doing a little dance. Uh, it was a, a it was an awesome dance. It yeah. was an awesome dance. But yeah, may or may not be true. So I don't know, man. Uh, just to, I know you're kind of asking me questions, but what are you doing for fun? Um, we are doing schoolwork um, <laughs> with the five kids all day, every day. So that's pretty much, this is what I'm doing for fun right now. The podcast. This is my, this is my break. <laughs> so as, as a missionary though, like how, how have you seen your relationship with different pastors in the United States and how are you, um, how, how, how do you feel about kind of where our ministry is and where ministry in a whole, as a whole, kind of is uh, right now. Like, what what is your take on that? I mean, obviously, we have churches spread out throughout the whole country uh, here in Mexico, and we are trying to coordinate and, and keep everyone, you know, um, you know, make sure they're all doing okay and make sure they're all ministering to the best of their ability. And then we're dealing with high relationships in the United States with different churches. And so, what kind of what is your take on ministry right now? I think it's awesome. I think that. One, I get so excited on Sundays to see Facebook just flooded with services and worship and devotionals and all of that that you were not seeing before. Um, I, I just I think that's really cool. I've been able to, from where I'm at here in Mexico, uh, I've been able to sit in on some kind of interviews or leading devotions at other churches, and I don't have to even fly up there. Um, I've done that with church in Chicago. I've done that with a church in Colorado, a church in California. Just here in the comfort of my home, I've been able to uh, share to their congregations, get on live chats with people, and do stuff like that. So I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. And I think, you know, pastors everywhere, hats off to them that are learning how to do this. Uh, and, you know, just get a message out there somehow. I mean, I've been watching two I, years ago, 2015, I went to Africa and I met these guys in Liberia and I've been watching their services online. And I thought I would not be able to see those services again ever. And you get to see the whole service online, uh, you know, just with the Internet being all over the world and, you know, people with their cell phones or a camera or anything like that, that you could get a service out there. I actually think it's pretty cool uh, that we get to do this now. I think it's a pretty exciting time in the church. And I think even after we get back to meeting and stuff, I think some of these guys are learning a new way to do church uh, or minister to congregations and stuff through social media and through, you know, video and audio and different things. Just last last question here, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I think it's so important. I don't want this to get lost in all this. That you know, you guys really, really prayed about planning this church in Aguascalientes, and you you know, it was a process and trying to decide on which city you were going to go to. And it was, I mean, I saw the whole process unfold, and um, lot lot of faith in that. And you felt like God was calling you to do something, and then you made the decision and you stepped out in faith, which is a whole nother story. And then you get there and this crisis happens. Um, what 
what would you say to, to someone who feels like they're called to do something, feel like God is calling them out to step out? And even right now in this current season where it seems like they're, you know, they're, may not be as many opportunities or they, they feel like, no, everyone's just uh, worried or afraid. Or what, what advice would you give to someone who's feeling that call of God, but it, are just unsure of what the future looks like? I would encourage them to go for it. Again, uh, this isn't a, a new thing. To me, it was stepping out in faith. To me, it was stepping out into the unknown. And same thing for someone else who's doing that. It's, it's you're stepping out into the unknown. Faith is definitely a freaky thing but what we're stepping into in in trusting in god and in doing all of that uh you know this the the pandemic coronavirus all of that it's not something new to god i mean i i don't you know i see it that way it's not this wasn't a surprise this wasn't you know again i i don't think this Obviously, I don't think this is from God, but this is not a surprise. He's not surprised by this. He's not surprised at what's happening. Uh, and, you know, Romans eight twenty eight, he turns all things to the good that those are, you know, love him and are called according to his purpose. And so um, I just see this as a, man, this is God's plan, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I, I can't see the whole thing. I can't see the big picture. I can't see what's over this hill but god knows and i think my faith and my trust in him has grown so much in this uh because like i said i can't even see a little bit of my plan any plan i sort of make up gets changed and so i i think you never find out you never know until you step out and until you step out and do it uh and you know, I just would encourage people to go for it. I see so many new things, Josh, coming up these past couple of weeks of new podcasts and new blogs and new worship music and new, I mean, I think people are going for it. And so those that are on the fence, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? Should I not? Oh man, I would just say, go for it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think they could fail. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really good. And uh, man, it's encouraging to me to, to hear you because I know that uh, that like when you say you switched over to the positive mindset and that story you show with the cave, like I can totally see you doing that. And and it's encouraging because it's so easy just to get caught in a rut in this time and just to be like, oh, one day when this is over, one day when this is over. And, and you are, you know, you have a great example of leadership and uh, and just staying positive and, and no doubt that the church in Aguascalientes will come out of this stronger than when it started. So I appreciate that. And, and, um, and yeah, keep having fun, man. Keep up the, uh, tack talkers or whatever you said and doing your, you know, your songs and your family (laughs) happy. And, um, and we will talk again soon. Yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm going to have fun. I'm having fun now and I know we're still going to have fun in the future. So, uh, thank you guys very much. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening uh, to this episode. You can expect a new episode every couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you would like more information, check out h4mx.org.